0: Welcome to the Two Fab Fems podcast with your hosts Maggie Hill and Gina Cafasso Conversations on every topic for women to survive in this great big world. <timíd>
1: Welcome back, Femmes. This is Maggie. And this is Gina. And we have an amazing guest for our show tonight. So excited. I'm really excited. Uh, we are putting the wool in man. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be big time. But before we do that, of course, uh, two fat Femmes walked into the bar. Gina, tell me how your week was. I'm going with a pomegranate mojito. That actually sounds good. Why? Yeah. What happened with your week? What well, t- I'm, and I'm actually going to substitute
0: the syrup with honey. I think honey kind of works a little better. But I think, like, my week was kind of had a little bit of tart. A little bit of sweet Mm. and a touch of a healthy alternative. Is there a doctor in the house? Which I'm kind of equating to the pomegranate juice. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was kind of nice. It was just, you know, it was a good week. It was uh, nothing to complain about. How about you? How was yours?
1: I had a good week. I closed it out with my husband and I went to see Babel Gilberto, and that was amazing. So I'm going with a nice, you know, glass of cab. Ah, There you go. To represent my week. It was fabulous. Uh, Yeah. Done with one and on to the next. There you go. So let's get started. Sounds good.
0: Boom! Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. This episode is dedicated to the fierce boss femmes out there who entered fearlessly in male-dominated industries and killed it.
1: Yeah, our guest today is here to inspire women far and wide to have the dream of doing just that. So get ready to learn how to walk into a room and own it.
2: In 2006,
1: our guest founded Bull Moose Energy... LLC, the first woman-owned power plant development business in the United States. BME was formed to focus on renewable urban biomass and waste to energy facilities. Upon launching, the company raised $60 million from Morgan Stanley in the first round of funding. This was the first time a woman-owned business was funded by Morgan Stanley as a direct equity investment. Since that time, she's expanded her businesses to include a variety of energy activities under Bull Moose Energy Ventures, LLC. BMEV and related entities have raised and been involved in $800 million in development activities. Our guest has been responsible for cementing and running long-term strategic partnerships to explore energy opportunities, including a partnership with DynCorp International to focus on the greening of over 100 US military bases, as well as the formation of distributed generation company Energia LLC, the first time Exelon partnered with a woman-owned business. She is currently on the board for Jingoli Power, which is working in Puerto Rico in a variety of infrastructure projects. Alumni of Pepperdine and Oxford University welcome our fierce... An incredible guest, Amanda Martinez. Amanda really, really with wow. this resume. Wow! I I'm blown away. <laughs> I got chills up and down my arms when you were talking about her. Wow! I can't with you, it's amazing. It's amazing. amazing. I, I'm just going to preface by saying Amanda is a dear friend of mine, and as fierce as I knew she was, uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> I had <laughs> I did no not know clue she was that fierce. <laughs> no clue.
1: Amanda, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your career choice, which is really a male-dominated industry. Yes, yeah, so I started off um, actually in a
2: weird way getting into the renewable business. I started off uh, working for Paramount Pictures and Aaron Spelling up in L.A. on the tax equity side of the house. Hmm. Um, went from there figuring, what do I do with all this knowledge when I don't want to work in Hollywood? That wasn't really the industry I was interested in. Um, fell into that because of going to school up at Pepperdine um, and decided I wanted to make some some different choices. and. Uh, met up with a bunch of my private equity friends, and they said, You know, this is this whole thing, this little thing called renewable energy. We're not really sure how it's going to go, but we think it could be big. So, because you have this knowledge on how to do financing in, in, a, in a very nuanced way, it's the same way renewable energy is financed. They said, Hey, why don't you uh, take a shot and meet a couple of management teams? So, yeah, so I did, and and uh, the rest is, is, what they say, history.
1: History, wow. as they say. That's yeah, pretty incredible. incredible. It is incredible.
0: So you didn't really technically, like, choose this career. It just kind of, I mean, it evolved, like, your background and where you went to school and what you wanted to do. This kind of just evolved, it, it sounds it, like. It
2: did evolve, and people, you know, everybody thinks it was really well thought out. Um, it was really, I, I fell right into it, and I absolutely loved the management team that was there. I. Absolutely loved the industry. I took about two years back in '04, where I was the CFO of another company, and we raised, I think the f- first meeting we went to was with Silver Point Capital. We raised $4 million in the first meeting. Wow. wow. Yeah, and they hadn't been able to raise money for two years. so That's
1: impressive. Yeah. yeah that's Amanda. <laughs> that's Amanda walking that's into right. a room and going, <laughs> there you go. I demand your attention and your dollars. And your dollars, yeah. I know this woman. I know. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. That's great. And I'll say, you know, our first question was really, how did you choose your career? I think we already went into yeah, that, essentially. Exactly. But what was your experience, Amanda, entering, like, a real male-dominated industry? Because that's a little, yeah. you know, daunting. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it definitely, it was it was fascinating because I think for the first four years, I was never in the room with another woman, wow. period. From suppliers wow. to, um, you know, independent engineers to... Trailblazer um, over here, really? I mean It, really? Was, it was really interesting. Um, and I think because I wasn't, I was so new into the business world that I just didn't let it in, intimidate me. Because it was like, why, oh, I like why that. be? Yeah. And, and maybe because I didn't have as much knowledge. It was probably a good thing, right? <laughs> um, but it also it, it put me in a different spot because it allowed me to um, to be around a lot of people who I might not necessarily have have learned as much had I not gone into it fresh like that. Um, and people were really willing to help. I mean, there wasn't any question. I mean, it's been a little sketchy along the way. There's been a couple of characters here and there and a couple of good stories around that. (laughs) But, uh, um, you know, nobody, nothing that ever happened that I couldn't get myself out of.
1: Nice. Yeah. (laughs) I like how she that I couldn't get myself out of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk later.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, speaking of that, though, were there challenges, though, like big challenges like forging ahead in this industry? You know, what hurdles did you have to jump over? Through, Yeah, I think,
2: so part of it was um, initially, uh, it was more of an age thing, really, Mm -hmm. at first, because I was so young coming into this business and raising so much money so quickly. It was, a lot of people were more concerned about, did I have the background to be able to to pull it off? And then as far as the, the female side of the equation, It actually did help with Morgan Stanley because they hadn't ever invested in a woman-owned business. And this was an opportunity for them in a a new emerging market to invest in a woman-owned business and to provide us with multiple levels of capital. So that actually helped me. Now, I do have to say that uh, there have been situations with some of the larger companies that that I had started doing business with when we first started off. Um, where I think a lot of them thought they could take advantage of me because they didn't know what I was doing. Mm. And I a lot of that was based on being a woman. And I knew it, so I played with it. Right. So if they, they would. to your
0: advantage. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah,
2: hey. Just, you know, it, if, for me, it was um, if they thought I was stupid just because of, of my gender or what's in my pants, then, you know. Then bring it. Then yeah, bring it. Right. And use that for prove <laughs> them wrong for all it's worth. <laughs> Let them think it. you're stupid. I mean, I yeah. had a number of times when people would have various conversations right in front of me, which they never should have been having, but they just thought I wasn't going to get it. And I wouldn't be able to take advantage of it. Wow. And yeah, a number of times that happened. So I would just laugh and smile.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a little giggle. I win. Well, $60 million is nothing to sneeze at. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's heavy duty right there. Yeah. So what have been some of your biggest successes so far then? What would you say? You know,
2: I think realistically, obviously that moment of closing on that money was a big deal. That was, oh, this is a very surreal story. So we're closing, we're in um, the 30, 30 Rock building in New York. So this is my first deal I ever did that was my baby. We, you know, we're going to this very intimidating building. Chaborn and Park was the law firm that Morgan Stanley was using. They were upstairs, um, you know, one of the top floors in this big intimidating office. And um, the Morgan Stanley executives there, um, some of my management team was there. Um, and our lawyers were all remote. So we had our lawyers were in three different offices, Pittsburgh, D.C., and L.A., and so we had everybody on the phones and, you know, we're all dialing in, et cetera, trying to get this thing closed. And, and you know, it was just it just kept going. And what I didn't know, nobody had told me. I thought it was going to be like a two-hour in and out session. So it turned out that we ended up closing it. I think it was like 1 a.m. We were finally done. We got there at 10 a.m. and we closed at 1 wow. in the morning And where we actually signed. And we go to walk out. And all I wanted, I just wanted a glass of wine. Like, this was, like, the greatest thing ever.
1: And sure as nothing,
2: I get in the elevator, and I suddenly realize that the cast uh, of SNL was there.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Because oh. they tape
2: in the studio. So oh, they're yeah. all in the studio. And I'm in the elevator. I walk in. There's the, ca- the couple of the cast members. I'm like, is this really happening? Am I starting to <laughs> <Surreal>. hallucinate? <laughs> like, I didn't have any cocktails yet. I can't be yeah. hallucinating already. I really do need that one. Right? Right? Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> that's amazing, though. So, yeah,
2: that was kind of a funny, one of those very surreal moments. Um, that Yeah, it was, it was a moment in time. So that was, uh, for me, that was just, it felt like I had made it. So that was a very big moment. And then... Uh, there's been a couple other since then there's there was a big project we did uh, with Exelon which was at the largest biogas facility in the world up wow. in LA and I just absolutely love that team oh, um, that's great. their their executive team is incredible and you know there that was another big moment was watching that um, go live and then the next one is obviously, it really has been Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico has, has really become kind of the center of my universe right now.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm really excited because that's that was going to be my next question was, you know, how has it been forging ahead to repair the transmission system in Puerto Rico? And what do you see for the future there?
2: Well, first, let me say that, that the people are absolutely incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're industrious. They're, they're, you know, they've got a lot to work through. And... You know, it is, it is a very, very difficult situation. We got there, one of my partners got there earlier than us, um, a partner company to ours, um, got there earlier than us. But we got there uh, January. And, you know, just seeing the devastation from the sky, you know, you fly, we took the helicopters and went and looked. And seeing the devastation from the sky and, and the fact that there weren't even tarps to cover the people, their houses with, you know, no roofs on them. Mm-hmm. There weren't, you know, that was just incredible. And you don't realize, at least I didn't until I went there, how hilly the terrain is, how complex the island is. And so, you know, in the work, um, because of a, a horned toad, believe it or not, the work now all has to be done via helicopter. So, yeah. because they can't um, clear right of So, because of this, this horned toad that obviously was more important to somebody else than human life.
1: Unbelievable!
2: Um, yeah, so there's been a lot of limitations on on what they can actually do, and so you know, like I said, one of our partner companies is uh, a company that we're partnered with is down there and, and doing all work all of it via helicopter. So they're listening. So think about that huge transmission tower that's outside; they're actually physically taking those towers and lifting them and and taking them across the island in the air. Wow,
1: that's incredible! It's incredible because the horned toad is protected, right? So, you know, there's or things that life. nobody's Over even, life. Yeah, yeah, things that nobody's talking
2: about. Right. And everybody's, why is it taking so long? What's going on? Well, because, you know, they've got these bizarre issues popping up. And, yeah. you know, there's the other folks that I've met down there that are doing incredible work, like the like Asha trouble with, with FEMA. I mean, she's just incredible. And these people are working 16-hour days constantly, you know, so it's, and I mean, seven days a week. They are, uh, people have been at it. You know, I've also seen other things that have been fascinating um, from a different perspective, which has been, um, you know, there, there was another defense company that was down there and we saw their production rates were 25% of another company for quadruple the dollars. So, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: y- you start picking defense, up on, yeah, you you yeah. start picking up mm. on,
2: some, on some interesting tidbits as you uh, explore basically rebuilding an entire island.
1: And I would imagine there is a lot of strong arming. We should have been able to just go in and do it and to learn these little facts. Right. It's really, really incredible. I would love to see Puerto Rico back on its feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm a little relieved to hear that it's because of things like this, as silly as it is, and not that it's just sheer failure or yeah. just right. Right. That's forgotten been, people. That's what most people think, though. That's yeah. what a lot of people yeah. think, right. that we just are not going to their rescue. Right.
0: Yeah. And how, where are they in that transition? Like, I mean, where, how far do they have to go? I mean, I... So,
2: okay, so this is another interesting tidbit, but there had to, the laws had to be changed in order to allow for the betterment of the grid system on its own. So previously, the the dollars that were out there were were used primarily for repowering, so basically getting power up and running again, but they couldn't technically improve upon that, improve the grid, right? So they spent, I think they're, I, I, I think they're about... $3 Three billion in wow. um, to just getting everybody their power back. The problem is, like like Wednesday of last week, for instance, mm-hmm. there was an incident on one portion of the grid, and just like in your home where you have a breaker, a breaker, you you know, there those are supposed to be on the, on the grids, and they're not. So the entire transmission system is left unprotected. So when you have one incident that should only affect maybe three miles,
0: affected the whole. It island. affected
2: the whole island. Whole yeah. island shut down. Right, and that should never happen. So the next phase of what's going on, they're going from repowering to now it's uh, moving into, um, excuse me, from from restoration into reconstruction. And that's the the next um, RFP that's coming out um, or that's going to be announced soon, where they're actually completely going to to reconstruct the grid and and actually probably make it one of the best grids in the entire world. So there will be new things that are going to be tried there via microgrid. There is going to be a hardening of the system, honestly, probably, much better than anywhere in the United States, uh, in continental United States, excuse mm-hmm. me. So you know it's 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 going to be pretty incredible.
1: So at so, least we foresee a big win for them. Yeah, and in a the change air. coming.
2: Yeah, yeah a Good big change win. coming. And yeah. you know once so the problem is that people don't really get how important energy is for industry, right? So if you're in a factory and you don't have access to consistent twenty four seven power, that's a problem, right? So you're going to maybe not build that factory, or maybe you're going to leave the island with your with your business and go mm-hmm. elsewhere. Um, so, you know, that creates a big issue. And when you have an island that has the unemployment rate that it has and it has a 22% HIV rate, so you have a lot of health problems on the island, it's a, a very big, you know, there, there are a couple of very big issues there. You need to have employment. Otherwise, you know, you, you, it just, it's a death spiral. Mm-hmm. So energy becomes the backbone for, for everything. So these, these hardening of the grid and the, and that, um, the billions of dollars that are going to go into it over the next two years are really critical.
1: Oh, that's uh, exciting. Well, and thank you for being
0: a part of that. Yeah, really. I think it's fantastic. Really. And speaking of like your business, your business is about utilizing both alternative and traditional energy sources. Mm-hmm. So you're also promoting job creation yes. um, and reducing emissions and producing energy. So tell us about how you actually do this.
2: So it depends on on the location. So some locations um, drive different technologies. So for instance, obviously in an area that's that's has more sun, Right you would be more apt to put solar. In an area that's a little bit more windy, you're going to put some wind. Um, but any of those technologies right now with batteries are in the process of, of becoming viable in, on a long-term basis. Any of those have to also involve natural gas in order to balance the system. So obviously the sun goes down. You have an issue with you need power at that point, right? So, so if a battery doesn't exist, you have to power up with something. And the, the easiest way to do that is with a peaker plant. So in that case, you would want natural gas to power that peaker plant. Um, Now, those those things will change over time. Over the next 20 years, somebody will figure out um, the right uses uh, or the right um, technology behind battery and battery storage um, to where they're viable for the long term. I don't think it's quite there yet. I think there's various reasons for that. I don't think it's quite there. um, But they're making strides. I also am a little concerned just on the battery side of the equation with the waste that comes from batteries. So people don't talk about that a lot. That's you know, a good point. Um, that's
0: very much a good point.
2: Yeah, yeah, just like you know, you think of your batteries that you want to dispose of in a certain way, the batteries that exist in in electric vehicles and mm-hmm. the batteries that exist in in what will be required to to balance the grid if natural gas isn't available mm-hmm. or abundant or right. allowed. Well, that makes yeah, – I
0: know like some certain car companies are only coming out now with electric cars too, mm-hmm. not even, I, you know, no gas at all. Yeah, yeah I actually
2: once asked um, Elon Musk – we were at a Wall Street Journal conference in 2007 with a bunch of his investors and I, and I, I honestly didn't do it on purpose. I wasn't trying to embarrass him, but I said <laughs> – I figured he had an answer and I said, you know, so how are you guys going to – you know, what are you going to do for reuse and recycle and what's your what's your disposal thought process? And he literally turned white as a ghost. Wow. He had no answer. And I still have not heard anybody have an answer to that question.
1: A woman would think of that. Yeah, things. of course. <laughs> <laughs> i think, oops, sorry. Yeah, I know. Really. Whoops.
0: I think Amanda so needs sorry. to needs to uh, <laughs> even forge ahead on that too. So hey, listen. <laughs> if, any, if
2: anybody out there has a has a thought process on on recycling and disposing of those batteries, I'm in. So oh, that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been hunting that. I've I've been hunting all over Europe, and I still have not found anybody with a true viable answer to that equation. Wow.
1: Wow. So well, let's yeah. see if another woman might come up with it. So so. In saying that, what advice would you give women that are looking to enter a male-dominated field? Because, uh, you know, what type of woman do you feel it takes to truly survive in that type of arena? Well, you know,
2: this might not be the most popular answer, but... I just, you just got to forge ahead. You got to put your big girl pants on. I mean, you know, the, the, a couple of weeks ago I met with, there's a, a woman at a, a, she's part of one of the biggest law firms in the country for, for our business. And she, we were sitting at dinner and she was complaining to me, it was our first dinner, the first time I've ever had an extended conversation with her. And she was complaining to me about how there wasn't enough opportunity in the business for women and how, how she felt intimidated by, and she didn't think that she needed to play the game of, of, um, going out and entertaining people and. Doing that whole thing, and and she felt that it wasn't. She, did, she just didn't feel like that was that was a, a positive thing, and she was complaining about the fact that she should still have all these opportunities. And I just was like,
0: what? I
1: think you've got you gotta, to make. Those. You
0: got to yeah, yeah. You have to create them. You can't just expect them to come to you. It doesn't work that it
2: way. It doesn't work that way. So, what was know.
1: your answer? I'm curious.
2: Well, I I suggested that she actually. I, I, I said you know if you if you don't go to, out there and network because she was basically saying these are all all male events. And, therefore, she didn't feel comfortable going. And, therefore, she wasn't getting the same opportunities. That was her whole pitch. And, um, she, you know, I said, you, you have to go to those things. I mean. You, then it you won't
1: know. be male-dominated. Yeah, right. I'm just it's doing not, the math on not, that. That's know, just me. I, it seems common sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought
2: that was so interesting. I mean, put your big girl pants on and get yeah, going. And just go. Yeah. Net worth. Yeah.
1: Helps your net worth. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day. Right. That's what it right,
2: takes. Right. And there's always going to be some idiot out there who does, you know, says or does something stupid. Comes with the territory. Yeah, comes with really. the territory. Yeah, and right. you just you just look at them and laugh. And I, I've never purposely tried to embarrass anybody. In fact, there's one time, funny story, there was a very, very prominent banker, and we were at a big conference at the, the Breakers. And um, we were sitting around a table, and we were with a, a number of different governors and treasurers of, of various states. And as we're sitting there, this guy was getting more and more inebriated, and he was you know, starting to get a little handsy. And instead of, you know, embarrassing him or doing something, you know, where it made a big scene out of it or making everybody uncomfortable, I just got up. I went to the bathroom. I thought to myself, how do I get out of here? You know, this is not good.
1: Is that window and, open? Yeah, and there like literally
2: there was an emergency, uh, uh, emergency oh, wow. exit in the uh, window, emergency exit in the bathroom. And I'm wearing it. I'm wearing a, 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 a. I swear to God, oh. I'm wearing a, a um, <laughs> pencil skirt. Oh no! And a, like a, a turtleneck top. That's awesome. And I'm literally crawl out of the emergency exit. I did not know this story, I so let this. me just say. Yeah. Same brain. Yeah. <laughs> so I, love I it. crawl out the emergency exit, and the funniest part is as I, uh, people had started leaving the dorm because other people were also feeling uncomfortable, right? So the funniest part is as I'm doing my military crawl out of the window um, in my pencil skirt. All of a sudden, I turned my head, and there's a, a treasurer of one of the states and, and his top people. Were, we're all standing there just dying. They, they were like, that's the greatest thing we've ever seen.
0: This is fantastic. <laughs> Sometimes a girl's got to do. You know? I mean, know. Listen, <laughs> pencil skirt or nay. Yeah. yeah. Hey. I always get myself out of there. You know, extraction smart process. Smart woman. That is so <laughs> extraction
1: process. funny. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, my I God. I that. So I have so much more I want to ask her? I know, but there is one thing that I want Amanda to share. So you you have to tell our listeners. It's one of my favorite stories, and that was a trip to Oxford. Amanda has a baby at home whose name is Cosmo, and Cosmo travels the world with Amanda. (laughs) I mean, if you went to her Instagram, right off the bat, you would see Cosmo standing in the lobby of some of the— finest hotels in the world he's
2: my little brussels griffon
1: dog oh just to be clear <laughs> <laughs> i want you to tell uh, our listeners not only what you came out with but what did cosmo come out with
2: we were there 50 women from around the world were invited and four of us from the u.s and of course i come with my dog i obviously don't bring him to the conference and i wasn't going to mention to anyone that i had the dog but somebody okay. saw me walking with him so it came up and we were at this um very pre- prestigious dinner with a table of five of us, and and I'm seriously, I, I'm I'm not being humble. I really have no idea how I got invited to this thing. Oh. Like, there was one woman in the room who's literally in the verge well, of Curing so Parkinson's. <laughs> there is oh. one woman who runs, you know, is, uh, leads the Mayo Clinic. One woman's oh. helping the Boko Haram girls and Mali. Oh, you know, wow. and I'm I'm like, uh. Well, okay. hello. You are and, fantastic and, too. So come on, you're cutting but, yourself a little short here. So <laughs> uh, this this woman who I had not met yet, and unfortunately, I somehow couldn't figure out how to Google for that trip. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I didn't prep very well on that trip. Um, So she was sitting there and she, she said, you know, I, I, in in her thick English accent, which I'm not going to do because it's embarrassing. But uh, um, she said, you know, I hear you have your dog with you. You must bring him to lecture tomorrow. And I said, what? And I don't, you know, I didn't know who she was. And I don't think that's a good idea. I'm not bringing Cosmo to the business school at Oxford. And she said, uh, no, no, you must. And so I found out, late, late, you know, with the, the during the dinner that she was the um, associate dean of the university. Oh, wow. And, um So, anyway, needless to say, on break, I did go pick him up and I brought him in. And all the girls met him and, and uh, they all, you know, hit it off with Cosmo. I took him home. He's a
1: little flirt. He is, oh. he is
2: quite the flirt. <laughs> and so I didn't think anything more about it. And, you know, it was... It, those kind of conferences where you have people from all different industries are very interesting because you draw so many different personalities, especially with women, 50 women in a room. But I was very much, I'm very type A and, you know, dominant, right? So I, I, you know, I kind of took over a couple of conversations, especially when it came to talk about negotiation or whatever, and ended up really, really hitting it off with the Oxford folks. So the last day comes around and, and I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm leaving to go from there to Vienna for a meeting about blockchain. And as I, I'm sitting there, I... They're, they're giving us all our, our uh, diplomas. And we're all collecting them. And, and it was very sweet and said a little thing about each one of us. And then this woman comes in, this associate dean, and she says, And one last thing. Oh, we <laughs> have... the first of this kind, Evel, at Oxford, may we present? And presented me with a diploma for Cosmo Martinez. Oh, my goodness. How cute is that? That, that is amazing. And they had gone to my Instagram... And, and taken a photo of him and taken, oh. and and put him, inserted him into our group photo of all
1: 50 women. Oh, that is so it's awesome. It was priceless. It's one of my favorite stories, and awesome. I, okay. I've heard so many now stories. Now I want to see the photo. Yes, right? <laughs> but that is literally one of my favorite stories. And
2: I was oh, you know, I, I was pretty much a hard ass the whole time, and I'm literally crying like,
1: oh, oh
0: my <laughs> proud baby. Proud mom, proud I'm mama. So prou-. I mean, Aww. what is that, right? Oh,
2: God. <laughs> Hey, so California. It. <laughs> so it was my it was my legally blonde moment at Oxford.
1: I love that.
0: That is phenomenal. I
1: love that. Oh. And Amanda, I can't let you go. I I know I've, I I got to stop with all these stories, but she has I so know, many, so great. This woman. I love it. They're so great. But there's one where she did a trip to Switzerland and she came back with a story that I'm telling you, this a debate like Hello. none other Amanda you have Please to let share it. You have
2: to Please tell share. Us. it's so too good i out of out of left i got a call one day from um the former secretary of energy's uh, Spencer Abraham his office the president of his company called and said hey um there's this big thing that goes on in switzerland they invite 25 swiss 25 uh americans to do uh, essentially a, a get to know you meet and greet with the next version next ceos of all of these large companies And we believe that you're you're gonna be, you know, one of the biggest CEOs in our business in the energy business, and we'd really like for you to represent energy. So um, obviously that was a very big deal. And then when I thought to myself, well, how much is this gonna cost me? And they said, uh, actually it's it's completely sponsored by Swissair and Wholesome and all of these large um, Swiss companies. And I said, Well, that's fun.
0: I'm doing this. Ten ten days in Switzerland with a
2: great group of people, why not? Twist my arm. Um, exactly. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I start reading everybody's bios, and I, uh, there's people like Manu Raju, who's, a, who's a, one of the correspondents on CNN. There's the editor of Roll Call. There's these, you know, people who are, you know, one gentleman who ran, ran the Milosevic trial back in the day. You know, I mean, there's all these people who are just incredible in their own industries. We get there, and, and I was very nervous about public speaking at the time. And so they had given everybody these tasks to do. And each person had their own thing and, and uh, would debate or do something and, and with the other folks in the room or with guests that were coming in. So they all did that. Mine's on the last day. And sure as nothing, the day before, I said, you know, I still don't have material on what I'm supposed to do. And they said, oh, well, you're going to debate at ETH, which is their version of MIT, Europe's oh, version of MIT. okay, And you're going to debate a couple of the professors. And I said, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I th- I, th- I need more information. I'm, right. I'm getting more and more nervous. I oh said, oh goodness. no. And, and we can't tell you anything because the, the dean of the university is the one who's going to run it and he doesn't want you knowing because he wants you to be fresh. And that's oh something my- that's very European, right? They want you to roll in and just and not not give you a, a heads up so you can, that, you know, you can joust a little without, without uh-huh. prepping. So um, these two professors get up. One talks about um, renewables, essentially, and the other one talks about how basically we need to all build geothermal wells under our homes, and that's how we're going to solve the energy crisis. And oh, by the way, we should—we're just proactively going to shut down all power generation—that's any th- any fossil fuel-related uh, generation because that will force people to have to to build renewables. And this was his whole premise. Oh, wow. And I'm like, so what? And especially, he was anti anti nuclear. He wanted to shut all the nukes down, which inherently makes you dependent as Western Europe on Russia, right? Oh, because you have to have natural gas, and therefore, and that all comes. Through Russia and Crimea, so you know a majority of it does. So it was just one of those very odd tea ups, and I just had this burst of energy inside of me, and I all the nerves went away. And I the, I sit down and started off with, you know, fairy tales are for little kids at Christmas. I live in the real world where we actually have to get things accomplished. So if you, you want to ask me any questions about how to do that, I'm here. Uh, and everybody in the room, I mean, it went nuts. I mean, a bunch of these call co- these co- college students, all the all the people in there, and. Turns out he was the head. Of, he he it was. I don't know if he still is, but he was the head of all air regulations for the entire EU, for the entire European Union. Wow! And so you know, this guy and I just jousted hard. And you know, he his whole premise of shutting down this, the the uh, all energy sources in order to, or excuse me, all fossil fuel related sources and all nuclear in order to to make people move into renewables. You know, he said he said you know it's just like with the advancement of the World Wide Web. And I said, well, I'm sorry, sir. I said. We didn't shut off the telephone service when, in order to pr- uh, promote the World Wide Web. The World Wide Web went because it was useful, and it worked, and people loved it. And that's what's happening with renewables, but it's not going to happen by us shutting down every other source of energy. So it was just one of those – it was one of those great moments. And I tell you, we got done, and everybody came up to me like, you – this is – the greatest thing ever. <laughs> like the best
1: part. <laughs> so awesome. Said the little old hottie yeah, from the U.S. Exactly. I'm like Amanda for president. That's what I love that's what about I that. Said. I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not either. That story. Yeah. I was like, I popcorn. <laughs> and, and she'll talk to me a lot about what she does for a living, and we've been, you know, known yeah. her for years. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just, I don't know. What she <laughs> Come on. Let's that's face phenomenal. it. I do sometimes get right. a blank look on my face, but that story, I'm just like, that's amazing. I love it I, love I absolutely it. love it. Well, we have one last question for you yeah. and Maggie and I talk
0: about this all the time. We're really passionate about our bumper stickers. I don't know right. if you've heard about our bumper stickers, but what would be your personal bumper sticker?
2: Uh, it would definitely be the train is leaving the station get on get on or
0: get out of the way Nice I like it. I like it. It's so
1: fitting. I like it. Amanda, I'm so excited to have you on the show because uh, this show, putting the woo in man, Mm -hmm. we needed a real, excuse my French, I speak fluently, Mm -hmm. ball buster. Mm -hmm. And you are it, girl. You you. are an inspiration. To women far and wide, and so thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for so having me. Appreciate it. Thank, l- thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast. You can follow us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So stay tuned and stay fierce.